0: And we are live. <clears throat> what's up, y'all? Welcome to the superhero cut show where we talk about things Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. It's your boy Stevie Hey, So happy you're here today. So obviously we're live on a Saturday, which is very different. I'm usually not live on Saturdays, right? Um, usually no even no videos coming out on Saturdays, but um something that we're gonna do now is basically whenever there are um like what's the best way? Whenever there are shows, you know, that are going on, like Loki or like the Ahsoka show that's going on right now i'm going to be doing a like an episode review for each week and um comic cuts is going to hop on some of these episodes too um and but I, I and i know for loki he'll be you know on there obviously so but yeah man we're here to talk about the ahsoka episodes one and two i want to give you some of my breakdowns um i'm not going to break it down by episode i'm kind of going to do like one full uh thing i'm, I'm kind of going to give you like an information uh like splatter of just everything that I've gotten from the Ahsoka show. And then I'm just going to break down how I feel about things and um, the stuff. Basically, all the important things that I re- that I saw in the Ahsoka show, I want to address and explain because I feel like there are a lot of questions. And I think the main reason why is because there are a lot of people that didn't see Star Wars Rebels. And so I want to kind of break it down. And we're going to start by me just telling you guys the ending of Star Wars rebel. So, in the final episode, right, of the series, the Ghost Crew led by Ezra Bridger continues their struggle against the Galactic Empire. They work to liberate Lothal, a planet that holds significant importance to the rebellion. Throughout the series, Ezra has developed his Jedi abilities under the guidance of Kanan Jarrus at this point Kanan is dead. In the climactic Conclusion Ezra comes up with a plan to free Lothal from imperial control once and for all. This involves a daring mission that lures imperial forces into a trap and uses the power of the planet itself to create a massive barrier around Lothal, preventing the imperial fleet from leaving. However, executing this plan required a sacrifice. Ezra realizes that the only way to fully seal the imperial forces is. To take himself and his ally, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay, so, and basically, he took them. He took Thrawn into hyperspace aboard Thrawn's ship, and Ezra and Thrawn they disappeared into this unknown space. And so, the crew of ghosts, including Kane, including Kane and his former former Padawan Hera, um, Sabine, uh, you know, and just yeah, basically like the main people on the, the team were just you know. Ezra Hera and Sabine um but Ezra's gone so really like Sabine and Hera are are basically left to continue the fight against the empire without Ezra and the and basically the ending also includes a crazy time jump showing where the rebellion grows and strengths leading to the eventual events of a new hope and the series and the series basically ends with a moment where Sabine is kind of speaking from the future, re- recounts how the Ghost Crew's actions had a lasting impact on the galaxy. And then she reveals that her and Ahsoka are on a mission to find Ezra, suggesting that the story continues beyond the series. And so now we are in that story that continued beyond the series, right? But we are not in a, but we're we're not in it as create like. It isn't what we think, right? Like a lot, a lot of people thought the Ahsoka show was going to be a direct continuation after Star Wars Rebels. And as it is a continuation of the Star Wars Rebels show, it is not exactly where it left off. OK, and so now I, I want to get to some of the things I liked about the Ahsoka show so far. OK, so I think the parallel to the Star Wars Rebels show is perfect. Um, I think the castings in the show are perfect. Um and as I said, right, we are showed things from the animated show. Like prime example in the last episode of Star Wars Rebels, we saw the painting of Ezra, Kane, and Hera Zeb. basically the whole team. And now we and we ended up seeing that same painting in live action which looked identical. Um, the whole just everything looked literally identical to the freaking show. It was it's amazing to see. Um uh Hera I love Mary Elizabeth Winston, she's the perfect casting uh for Hera. If you don't know, she is um, the guy that plays Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor. That's his wife. She's a great casting to play Hera. Um, And, you know, when we – I'm pretty sure in Episode 2, we get to see her actually pilot a ship, which I think was also super awesome to see. I think, I, I think the cinematography was, was amazing. The views, bro. When you go to, to the planet where Sabine's home is and you and you're and you're looking off the freaking like uh how do, how can I explain it? Like you're looking off these ledges and it's just like sky and beauty. It's beautiful, it's beautiful. And going to like the different planets, it, it was a vibe. I honestly loved it. Um I loved the music. Uh like in the music, we we got so many different uh types of sounds in the music like in one of the scenes like they play like a hint of kylo ren's theme which was dope and then we also even got to see like where they did re-enditions of the original star wars theme but then they kind of added their own little like funk to it to make sure it's not the exact same like those are those are the, the things that like as a as a star wars fan i'm looking for and i honestly loved it like i was i was like 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 in the uh greatest showman when when that girl is singing that song never enough and a uh, hugh jackman's character is just singing in the back like this that was basically me, like just listening to the music and watching these two episodes, and so um, I I believe that this you know was the perfect build up, like these two episodes, and and I believe that you know as as much as there were some slow parts in the show that a lot of people have have talked about, you see, like I I really have nothing against slow burn, but f- when it's like the first two to three episodes, but like at a certain point it has to build up, you know what I mean, and so these were some perfect slow burn, uh, some slow burn episodes. Wow kind of like giving us still like dope action um so yeah i was i was very satisfied now there were some things that i didn't like um the main thing for me and maybe i'm just a little too like um i don't know extra i don't know but to me the lightsaber choreography was kind of like not as good as i wanted to be like um when i when, when i'm watching ahsoka fight in the show to me it seems a little novice it seems a little like I don't want to say whack, but it seems a little like not as like calculated and it doesn't look like, I don't know, like when I watch like Revenge of the Sith lightsaber fighting, even when I, when I watch um uh, in Mandalorian season two, when Din, when Din Djarin squared off against Moth Gideon, or even when Ahsoka fought uh Morgan and mandalorian season two to me the lightsaber uh and fight choreography was just a whole lot better than what we saw and maybe maybe that's just going to improve as the show goes on but in the first two episodes i wasn't the biggest fan of all of the lightsaber choreography the one i did like the most was when uh sabine fought shin which we'll talk about later on but that was probably my own my biggest um uh con but other than that show Two episodes were amazing. So let's get into some of the important things that I cared about in this show. Okay, so the first thing is that Ahsoka, uh, and this is what a lot of people were talking about. Ahsoka used to train Sabine. Um, So Sabine called her master in, in the show. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we saw that in the trailers as well. And and a lot of people was kind of talking about it. So I don't believe that Sabine is Force sensitive. Um, Because, I mean, if she was, we would have known that. Up by now and we saw by the lightsaber battle that, that, that she had with uh, Shin obviously she has no power to use the force at all Um. so but and you know which is which is a very interesting thing right and the one thing that you know kind of links to it is that you know there was a point that, and, and and we see this in the show where Sabine stopped searching for Ezra for some odd reason, which I believe that we're going to dig more into because Sabine and Ahsoka are going to be together. Because I do believe that with the, probably the main reason why, uh, she's not with, why she like why the, the search probably stopped was because her and Ahsoka had to have a falling out, and Ahsoka hints to that in the show when she was like, "Yeah, like I walked away from Anakin and I walked away from Sabine," so. There had to be some fall now where Ahsoka was just like, screw you, I'm going. And then, you know, that's kind of created like this, like, this, this, this issue or this like silent beef between them two that needs to be resolved. And I could tell even like in the episode when um, Sabine lost the map, Ahsoka was like, you've done enough. Like, like she was just being just, just really like rude, which I would have been heated too. uh, But yeah, so it's just, you know, they obviously have, they obviously weren't meshing well. So there was a fallout. So, that's also weird because Sabine, as a character, at least when I watched Star Wars Rebels, came off to me as like it didn't matter what Ahsoka was going to do; her focus was on was on finding Ezra. But I think that as we go on the episodes, we're going to see some stuff from the past where I believe that her and Ahsoka really like traveled everywhere, and they really tried to figure out where was Ezra. And I just don't think they this. I think they just gave up at a point. Um, now obviously Ahsoka didn't, because you know we saw in. Uh, Mando season two she was already asking where Thrawn was so yeah very interesting um but here is the difference and 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 this is also where I think the beef is going to come back in for the, them too Ahsoka is trying to find Thrawn not Ezra you know I think she just brought Sabine along the ride because they know that Ezra's a part of this but I don't really think Ahsoka's like focus is on finding Ezra um, I think her focus was always on finding Thrawn to kill him and to end, you know, whatever is coming to them. And so, as I said, that, that that's gonna be an interesting dynamic that we're, we're gonna see in the next um episodes to come. Now, let's talk about Balin and Shin, all right? Um, Balin and Shin, they're the characters. Uh, that, uh, basically, it's like a big this big dude and and this little girl, not little girl, but and this girl. Uh, but basically, she's like the Padawan to Balin, if if that may, makes sense. So Balin, okay. Baylin was trained in the ways of the Jedi and 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 you know and that's kind of like the consensus that I'm getting it's not necessarily confirmed 100% but a lot of people are kind of coming up with the thing that he was trained as a Jedi and just based on the the dialogue even when um in episode 2 when Morgan told him to kill um Ahsoka and he was like it's a shame you know you you, you can tell that he was a, a Jedi at a certain point and um even though you know this guy has this dark side, you know. Using the, the dark side, you you can tell there's still some light in him somewhere. But anyways, <laughs> Balin and shim. Balin looks massive, like even in the first thing he looks like a dog. I mean, I was I was entrenched into that dude. Pauls, he was amazing. I'm a fan of Balin, bro. I I liked him, man. Um, he was menacing, but he was also like very smart and tactical. And the the fighting is very like, <clears throat> what's the word? It's very like. I don't want to say stiff, but he is very—it's a very powerful fighting style that, that that he's using. Not much, you know, not much lightsaber move, movement because he doesn't have to because he's so strong. And Shin, she, I, you can tell Shin is violent. Shin is more of like the killer on the the team. Like she is a animal, like you know. And as I said, when she cooks Sabine, that also shows it. But and in the opening scene dude she's just showing everybody and i love seeing that and i was very like hype when uh Shin came out and Shin is actually starting to become a fan favorite online a lot of people like Shin, so um they were really good additions and um i do believe that Shin is most likely the daughter of balen um i think he had her and then started to train her in the ways of the force and in the ways of the jedi or whatever it is because uh yeah i just don't when you look at the timetables, it just it just wouldn't add up at that point. So definitely his daughter. And, um you know, uh so, yeah, that's really all I feel about Balan and Shinzo. Far. I mean, we haven't gotten that much backstory about them, too. But as in the, the scenes that we've seen them in, I've been impressed all the way. Um And now Morgan Elsbeth. OK, now let's now let's talk about her because Morgan Elsbeth might be one of the top three most important characters in the show. And that reason is because Morgan Elsbeth is something that we that I really didn't know, which is she is a night sister. Okay, which is very, very interesting. And um, basically, one of the things that she said in I think was in the second episode is that her and Thrawn have been communicating through time and space, which leads me to think that they've been communicating maybe through the world between worlds. Now, if sorry. Now, if that is the case, right, that opens up a lot of, you know questions for us right question number one how would they be communicating because how like how would they how could they be accessing the world between worlds to go back in time or go back through space or whatever to communicate how is that happening how are they reaching those things now um maybe she's going to a place to summon those i don't i I don't know honestly don't know um and we're gonna have to look and and see the answers but now ezra is withdrawn technically so maybe he's using Ezra to be able to communicate to Morgan through the world between worlds. I'm not sure, but I think that's, you know, something that's something that needs to be looked into a little more, because I think that there's a lot there that hasn't kind of been grazed on, I guess you can say. Um, now I do. Now I do want to talk about who the night sisters are, because a lot of people don't know. So let me just, let, let me just read this off to you. Okay. So the night Sisters are a group of dark side force users in the star Wars uh, universe. They, they, primarily appear in the animated series star wars the clone wars which you can watch on disney plus and the night sisters reside on the planet Dathomir, which is a re- which is a remote and mysterious world known for its connection to the force very similar to like a Dagobah uh type of uh uh planet so it, it is led by someone named mother Towson and the night sisters are known for their use of dark of dark magic and their affinity for manipulating the force for their own purposes they possess unique uh, abilities including the power to control <clears throat> and shape the dark side energy of Dathomir. one of their most distinctive features in their use of night sister magic a form of magic that allows them to perform spells and r- rituals the night sisters are depicted as a powerful and secretive society of Witches. They are often involved in political intrigues and power struggles within the the galaxy, especially during the Clone Wars. They have occasionally aligned themselves with various factions, including the Separatists and even Darth Sidious, aka Emperor Palpatine. Although they usually act independently. One of the most notable nice scissors is a Ventress, who was originally introduced as a Sith apprentice to count Dooku, but later turned away from the dark side and sought revenge against him. Her journey is, a, is uh a, yeah, it's very, it's basically just really big in the storyline of star Wars, the clone wars, but overall that the, the nice scissors add a unique and mystical aspect to star Wars. And, you know, and this is why I love star Wars. I love you know, the, the, the mythology of star Wars. So, with the fact that Morgan Elsbeth is a night sister this opens up a bunch of doors of dark side magic which is probably the answer to how she's been able to communicate with Ron but also makes her power level like on a godly type of level like she's going to be op now there are some other question marks that i have um and before we go i just want to talk about this okay so if you guys remember, there's an episode in Star Wars, the the Clone Wars, where Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka land on this planet, and we see this basically the this holy trinity of the force, right? We see the father, which is kind of the person that is that is keeping like the, the balance between between his daughter and son, and his son represents the dark side, and the daughter represents the light side. Now, what we see is is that the daughter ends up dying because the son kills Ahsoka, and the daughter that is the light side gives her force energy to Ahsoka for Ahsoka to come back to life. But we see that in Star Wars Rebels, we saw that when Ahsoka was in the world between worlds, the the, the daughter, which represents the, the light side, we saw her in Star Wars Rebels in the form of a bird, and she kind of follows a, like basically, Ahsoka threw out everything, and I don't know why. I don't, I don't. I can't explain it. They don't really explain why that happens, but I believe that there is something in that because then when Ezra unlocks the world between worlds in Star Wars Rebels, what do we see? We see hieroglyphics with the father, the daughter, and the son so what I am painting to you guys is that there is something interesting going on there and I believe that we are maybe going to see them them again and I think that's going to be a big thing for Ahsoka because she had the deep connection to them given that they basically predicted Anakin's future and obviously wiped his memory so he doesn't know that he becomes Darth Vader but there's a lot there that as I said I think has been untouched since Star Wars Rebels and I believe that when we go to you know Star Wars um I mean, as we go through the Ahsoka show, they are going to kind of explain all of these things that have kind of been left away. Uh, Also, I think another question mark is that I think we're going to see some signs of Kanan Jarrus in this show. okay? Because if you guys remember in Star Wars Rebels, Ezra was interacting with a wolf that was in the voice of Kanan. So that so that, you know. That also is giving us some signs that Kanan is still in the force somewhere a- a- in the form of a wolf on Lothal. So, I mean, I said, like, man, there's just so much to kind of go into, but I but but this is my theory. I believe that we're not going to see a lot of this stuff until Ezra Bridger is back in the fold, and we have to see Ezra back because I believe that you know, and Ezra himself has a huge force connection to animals in general, which how him and Thrawn were able to, you know, go into like this unknown galaxy in space, but that is that is kind of where I see a tide. Now, as I said, I think with Ahsoka and Sabine, we are going to see a bunch of things happen. Like they're going to go into unknown regions of space. They're going to be fighting against Bailin and Shannon and Morgan Elsbeth. And there's going to be a bunch of in- interesting things. But I don't think the tide changes in the show until we see Mr. Ezra Bridger. And, and, and that is when I believe things are actually going to kind of shift. And we're going to really get deep into the force because that's what happened in Star Wars. Rebels, you know, Dave, when Dave Filoni wrote that show, he centered everything around him yeah. as in regards to how deep, you know, you can go in the forest. So, you know, that's That's really the best way to explain these the first like two episodes. I mean, where we are left off is basically like Ahsoka and Sabine are about to go on another adventure. And that is where we're going to, you know, see a lot of answers about how their fallout happened, but also. What is the state of like Thrawn, you know, and I believe that we're going to see where Thrawn is in the next episode. And I believe we are going to see Thrawn uh, basically uh, communicating with Morgan Elsbeth. And when we see that, I believe we're going to, to see Ezra And then, Oh, I, and now I want to talk about one last thing. I totally forgot. Let's talk about this Inquisitor, because I believe that is also a really big thing that's kind of been going around lately. Um, So in the end of Ahsoka, we saw a Inquisitor. That was made that basically fought Ahsoka. Ahsoka did this cool dodge, whatever. So here is my theory, okay? The Inquisitor that fought Ahsoka in the second episode of the Ahsoka show cannot be Ezra because Thrawn and Ezra are stuck in this unknown galaxy. And as of all we know, Thrawn has not been back yet, you know? So technically, they have no way back. That's why they're trying to get Thrawn because they, they, they're they trying to bring Thrawn back. So it's not it's not going to be Ezra because Ezra, he's with Thrawn. A lot of people are saying that it is Star Killer. Now, I don't believe it is Star Well, no, no. Now a, a part of me doesn't believe it is Star Killer because he's so powerful and he's like OP. I mean he's basically Luke Skywalker. And and this is this is spoken from the Star Wars creators herself. They said that uh, I'm pretty sure George Lucas said this. He said that Star Killer is basically Luke Skywalker if he was trained by by uh Vader as a kid. So he's the power level is insane. So he would so obviously he would have to be, be nerfed at this point. But if if it is Star Killer, to paint the idea of Anakin's apprentice fighting against Darth Vader's apprentice, that will be one of the craziest like um just plot points ever in Star Wars history, and I will cry. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean I will legit cry. So I don't think it is him. In my opinion, I think there's a chance for us to see Star Killer, but I, I, I just don't think because to me, the power levels you just, you know, he's so much powerful. And if they nerf him, I wouldn't be a fan of that. But Sam Whitworth, the guy who voices um, Killer, did say that Dave Filoni talked to him in the early developments. It was talking about the idea of Star of Killer becoming an Inquisitor. So you never know what could possibly happen. But that's really all I have regarding the Ahsoka show. Um, I would give it a 9 out of 10. I think, as I said, I think the setups are perfect. Yes, there were some issues, but I don't think it destroyed the show. And in my opinion, you know, this is the show that that's going to get Star Wars fans excited. And I believe that this is the, they need to keep this story going. So I'm all in all happy. Shout out to Dave Filoni. He understands Star Wars. That's the fact. So um, thank you guys. Have a wonderful day. Please like, subscribe, and ring the notification bell. And Peace out.